Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. This episode of the Strategy Hour podcast is sponsored by Gusto. They're making payroll benefits and HR refreshingly easy for the modern small business. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, excellent benefits, and exceptional service to take care of your team. Gusto is offering a totally free three-month trial just for Strategy Hour listeners. Sign up today for this exclusive limited-time deal. Just go to gusto.com slash strategy and unlock three months free once you run your first payroll. Yep, that's three months free at gusto.com slash strategy. Hello, thank you for hanging out for another incredible, insightful, inspiring episode <laughs> Of the Strategy Hour podcast, the end of the year episodes are always my favorite. Oh, me always too. Always my favorite because we do a lot of recapping, and recapping is my favorite. And reviewing and reflecting and kind of just hashing out details of the year or a launch or whatever. And so that's what we're doing today about 2018 as a whole for our business. Like we're not going to reflect on 2018 as a year in life and business because it was kind of a shit show, but just with TCC business, yeah. lessons learned, things we're reflecting on and things that kind of we were made aware of. And if you can, you know, see ahead of the curve a little bit and see where maybe this stuff might come up for you, maybe you can kind of unpack it with us. Yeah. Well, I want to just give you a quick reminder before we jump in. If you love the podcast or you get clarity out of the podcast, we would love for you to share. So mm-hmm. one, you can definitely go review us over in Please iTunes. Do that. That helps tremendously. It helps our show so much, but also take a screenshot of you on your phone listening, share on Instagram, and then like share your like biggest takeaway or your uh, number one quotable and let us know you loved it. We love sharing those on our Instagram. Specifically on stories. So share that shit on stories and tag us at Think Creative Collective so we see it because we won't see it unless you tag us. And we will share you. Like we do it all the time. That's true. Okay. Now, ready? jumping in <laughs> 2018, do you want to go back and forth a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, maybe let's start as a general bird's eye view sure. of like what 2018 was for our business, what we intended it to be, what it ended up being, you know, how kind of 2017 was different, et cetera, et cetera. So like just the really, really quick rundown, dirty version of where we're at in business. Remember 2015 is when we started. We partnered up in September. We were working with clients. We transitioned from in 2016 to 2017 courses. So selling 100% online digital products 
that was done through webinars, launching, challenges, course creation. As you probably know, we have an intense archive of blogs, podcasts, trainings, a Facebook group, a Facebook page, like all of the things. So 2018, we were going into this year really wanting to utilize all of the things that we had spent the years prior creating to our advantage. And so what was that going to look like? Was it, you know, funnels, automations, passive systems, this or that? We didn't really quite know. And if you remember at the beginning of this year, we covered it in like January, February, we actually hired a coach to help us with some of this process. So 2018 was definitely the year for scaling, for creating as much passive stuff within our business as we could, not just sales, but automations of our systems, of our team, of our workflows, and of course, selling, right? I think we, or at least I looked at 2018, I knew it would be a growth year and a learning year, but I do not quite think I grasp how intense of a learning year this would be. Oh yeah. I feel like I had to put my big girl pants on this year and you know, mm-hmm. tr- try to learn mm-hmm. how to run a company instead of yeah. just like grow a business. I don't know. It was a lot more difficult than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> to go into my first point that's on my list sure. here where I say scaling is a mind fuck. <laughs> scaling is not hard. Like the logistics sure. of like, oh, this funnel could work here and you move these pieces here. It's some tech. It's some logistics. It's just moving some pieces around and then it's done. That part isn't hard. Getting to the point when you feel comfortable when you believe that it's working, when you can believe that it's capable and that it can be this big thing that you want it to be. And leaning into what I had to kind of get out of my head was that we weren't getting mediocre results. We just weren't getting live flashy launch results. And so to kind of put this into perspective, like we had been used to every year leading up to this when we would launch it would be this exhausting, you know, seven day launch period where you're working for weeks before to get it going. And then you're exhausted for weeks after because you use so much of your energy. But within that time frame, like we had in the past, like made very good money during the launch, like tens of thousands, twenties of thousands of dollars. And it was fun. It was sexy. And the high that that gave you, or specifically me, was like, unmatched. Like that feeling was so great. And so I think I went into scaling thinking, oh, we're going to feel that every day or every <sighs> month. Really? Yeah. That's how you thought it yes, was? Yes, I did. Wow. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's some um, stuff to live up to. Well, and okay, if you think about putting together a launch that's open for seven days and it's open and it's shut, you know, we would spend like a couple of weeks and then do the launch and it would do ready. And then we would learn some stuff and we would turn around a couple weeks later and do the same thing. And that's what we were used to. So I was used to a very quick turnaround. That, That is what we're very used to in our business. Scaling is not necessarily a very quick turnaround. It is, but without the same, like in seven days, you're making a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. No, totally. I don't know what I expected because I, I didn't. I had very few expectations other than more money. Like I just mm-hmm. thought there would be more of it more often. I didn't really know how it would work. I think I was a little more apprehensive throughout the process 
mm-hmm. because I felt less in control because we're relying mm-hmm. way, no, 100%. way more on tech than right. our ability to go out and sell. Well, and we had to rely so much on our patients because in a typical launch, like we would see the results within weeks of having an idea or planning a launch, but scaling our very first product took us nine months to begin to see like good results. Yeah. Nine months. And so we're just not used to that. If you guys know us and if you guys are that kind of way, like I get that some other business owners are like, I've been planning my first launch for nine months. Like that's normal to me, but that's just not how we work around here. We go from idea to like making it happen sometimes within four days, you know? And Mm -hmm. so leaning into the, you got to just let time happen in order for you to perfect this was really hard for me. Yeah. No, it it was. I also thought that like it would just start, I don't know, like go zero to 60, kind of like a kind of like a car, like a fancy car. Mm-hmm. Like this felt like the fancy car of selling, right? Where I was just like, oh, it's just gonna like work and there's gonna be no mechanical issues and there's gonna mm-hmm. be no uh sorry with my analogies, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, even if it was working, there were still things to tweak. And it's hard to explain until you're in it. When mm-hmm. you're in it, I think you would understand. But I agree. That was a lot of mental things I had to mm-hmm. get around, for sure. Do you want to go into your list? <laughs> oh, sure. Sorry, guys. I've It's a morning. Wake up. Okay, so one of the things that I think has been huge for me has been coming up with a way to pivot quicker. And what I mean by that is when you're running a business and you start making as much as we have been, like reflecting on your profit and loss is hugely important. Like you have to know where your money is going, right? The problem with that is often our numbers weren't being put together until, I'm not even joking, the 20th of the following month. So not 30 days after the first day of the month, but an additional like 20 to 25 days after that. And so often it was like, if we were going to make changes, we wouldn't see results for three months Mm -hmm. because we were already so far into the next month that there was just not a lot of ability to make changes. And so, and it wasn't that, The thing with the profit and loss is it should not be surprising. You should not get to that meeting, look at that sheet, and then go, Mm -hmm. oh, I had no idea I made that money, Mm -hmm. or I had no idea I lost that money. That's not how it should Mm go. However, I needed, and I didn't even know this is what I needed, I needed little things I could put my eyeballs on that would allow me to put a red flag up and say, you know what? I think we need to start looking at XYZ like now to see if there's Mm -hmm. anything that needs to change. And even just yesterday, nothing was wrong, honestly. But I was able to look at a number and it put up a red flag for me and we reviewed some things and everyone got on the same page. But if something had Mm -hmm. been wrong, we would have been able to fix it weeks, if not months before Mm -hmm. we had like real issues. Before the numbers showed drastically that something was wrong. Exactly. That's generally when we were able to pivot. (laughs) Right. 
Right. That kind of goes hand in hand with one of mine. And so I'll go ahead and bring it up now. But so one of the things we did this year was hire a CFO. Yes. And we've had a bookkeeper for a while. And we got recommended a CFO by a good friend of ours, Tyler McCall, who also hired one. And, you know, the way he kind of talked about it was like, oh, like that would be nice to have in our corner. That that seems like a, a partner in making these kind of money type of decisions. And so we kind of went down the route and we ended up hiring someone. And in the first couple of, you know, conversations of working with her, neither one of us, but I feel like especially me, did not really get the point of her. Mm. I, I don't know what CFOs do. I didn't really truly know how you could help me achieve these things. I didn't know the role that she would fit into our business. And I think she was kind of feeling the same way. I think that our our business is different than a lot of people's that she's might have worked with. And the success that we have seen, like not to do the whole pat on the back, but like it isn't normal. Like there are very few people who are still hanging out, you know, at this level. And so she kind of had to do some reframing. We had to do some re-explaining. We had to do some learning. And we kind of brain dumped to her a couple of things that will make more sense when Abby tells you her next point. And I don't know, something just clicked with all of us when all of a sudden it was like, oh, here's actually where you're trying to go. Now here's how I can help you. Here are some words and some breakdowns and some explanations and some whatever. And for me, I was like, oh, that is super crucial and helpful. So like, for instance, a couple of things that she's done for us, two things that she's really done for me that have helped. In one of our very, very first meetings, they made like bar graphs of our business. And I'm a super, super visual learner. And I numbers, as you guys know, scare me and make me uncomfortable. But seeing them outlined in a visual way, all of a sudden I was able to click. Here's where we were, here's where we were, here's where we are, and here's where we want to be. Okay, now I can kind of grasp that. And then she also broke down for us, which is something we were struggling with for a while various team member positions and the direct like ROI that we can measure for them to know that that position is worth it in our business. And that to me was like the holy grail of like, if she just did that, I'm like, oh man, now we have so much clarity on who we need and why we need them. Right. Which uh, brings me to the point of reading the book Traction this year. Like I realized that was like, you know, two weeks worth of like sitting down for 20 minutes at a time. Game changer. But seriously, I, I think it's going to have a massive impact on our business going forward. I think it's something we're going to continue to reflect on. We recorded a whole episode about traction and how it's impacted our business. So definitely go back and listen to that. But the long and short of it is I was able to stop being so short-sighted. And when I mm-hmm. like... I literally was like, I needed glasses for my business. Like I just couldn't see very far into the future. I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know how to anticipate what was coming. I didn't know how to grow because we had reached a point where we were growing faster and bigger than I even thought I wanted, I guess, for Mm -hmm. most of my Mm -hmm. life. And now it's like, okay, we're able to build out very tactical things like from the book build out job descriptions so we can hire the right people and mm-hmm. actually have a and what are the right and people have a good and- hiring process along the way yeah. <laughs> and you know i think the scorecard is going to be massive like i already mentioned the kpis but 
having something we're building out a dashboard, but we're also building out a scorecard. And I know most of you are going to be like, that's literally the same thing. But for us, it's not. The dashboard's going to be like ever changing, always changing. The scorecard's going to be taking a snapshot once a week mm-hmm. of what we're seeing so that we can see change over time. And mm-hmm. I and I think that, that'll probably end up being its own episode where oh, we'll talk yeah. about the differences between dashboard and a scorecard once we implement them in the new year. Because I do think no matter how small your business is, that these could be very beneficial for yes. you. So look look forward to yes. that. Yeah. Same, I second all of Traction. It gave me so much clarity and it helped me reassure a lot of what our CFO is doing. Like she's basically like track she's basically traction and the book profit first as a person in our business. And so like voicing those philosophies and helping guide us through those kind of methods. So my next one might seem surprising to anyone who knows me as a human being and knows that I I really don't like people that much. And there are, I could probably count on one hand, the amount of people that I actually like to spend time with and that I'm good. Like I'm not the person that like needs more people in my corner. I am, I'm great with my five. Like I'm good. And for many years in our business, Abby and I, you know, we've done a couple conferences or we've done a couple of like events or whatever. And I'm just like, I, I go to those things to either learn or to speak. And then I don't really care about making that many connections because it overwhelms me and I don't, it's not fun for me. Well, I realized that I think I've just not been in the room with the right people Mm, yet. mm, mm -hmm. And when we went to our summit with our coach, because within our program, Scale with Success, that we're in with Caitlin Batcher and a bunch of other amazing people, we flew out to California uh, to learn some stuff. We knew that there would be knowledge during the summit, but we also knew that there would be other people who were within the same program as us. And I think that it's that type of, I like to be in the room with people who have similar audacious goals as I do, mm-hmm. who are like wanting to live a life in business like I am. And like who are just fun and smart and nerdy. And so like when I got in a room with those kind of people, I was like, oh, I actually do like hanging out with you. And not only do I like that, but now I can see and call on those relationships outside of this summit. So like when I have a question about our own funnel, they're there for us. When we wanted to have some of them speak at the summit, they said heck to the yes. And so I just feel like we went from you know, I went like with these particular people went from like maybe kind of hearing about them online a little bit, but not too much because you guys, I don't do much online outside of work to just like really, really being deeply connected with these Mm -hmm. people. And it felt really good. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are all about small business owners getting paid. And we know that some of you listening still get stressed out when it comes time to crunch the numbers, run the reports, and treat yourself. Want to know why you should make the switch to Gusto? With one login, you can manage payroll, employees, benefits, and HR in one place. Plus, all your employee info and deductions stay synced and up to date, which helps eliminate many of the common errors you're bound to make. Gusto also saves you time. 72% of customers spend less than five minutes on running payroll. Gusto automatically, yes, I said automatically, files and pays your payroll taxes, compiles and sends your W-2s and 1099s and submits new hire forms. Set it and forget it. Plus, they got big time benefits for small businesses. Gusto offers tailor-made options for your business, such as health insurance, 401k plans, and more. Don't believe it? Just Google them. People love Gusto. How often do you actually love your payroll provider? Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash strategy. Here's the deal. Most small businesses don't have an HR expert, but you don't need one to use Gusto. With great software and great service, you can focus on your business, not payroll or paperwork. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive, a limited time deal. Sign up today and you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. All you got to do is go to gusto.com slash strategy. I've always liked people and I've always liked in-person events, but I definitely felt like this was different having people that were so closely related to the things we were doing in our business actively and being able to Mm -hmm. lean on them. And legitimately, before I feel like Emily and I operated our business on an island, we're like, we're not going to look at what anyone else is doing. We're just going to go and we're going to implement. It's going to be great. And that had worked for us for a long time. But then we hit a wall and we really legitimately needed other people who are doing the same things to be Mm -hmm. open with us about their process and the systems and even little tech things like having that group to be able to just like plop a question in. Oh my gosh. It's been game changer for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So on an unrelated note, but (laughs) definitely in the what's going to fill you up category, I think it's important to identify what actually refuels your creativity. And for so long, I was, I always thought work, like different types of work had to be the answer to the refueling my creativity and not going outside of that. Um, Cause I've never been like one to have a hobby ever. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. I have like friends who are crafty and all these things. No, like, I mean, I'm crafty and I can definitely do things, but I'm not like, I don't sew every weekend. I don't knit or crochet or whatever. Like that's just never been who I am, but I have tried to do more of things that make me feel creative, but also like give me a sense of energy. And for me, those have been reading. I, I got really burnt out on reading as a child, which is super unfortunate. Please don't do this to your children. (laughs) do not force them to read things that they have no interest in reading. They just, it takes their desire away. So for, I spent years of my life, not like literally not caring about it and thinking books were kind of (laughs) dumb, but I, I've fallen in love with it again because I have picked things that I genuinely have an interest in reading. And Mm -hmm. this has been business books, mindset books, but also some spiritual things. And it has been so good for my soul. And there's so much wisdom in written word that, I don't know, it's just been amazing. Also, volunteering has been great. I had taken a break last year. I needed it. Mm -hmm. But going back to it and doing something that's super out of the box. In the past, I've made the mistake of volunteering to do stuff that was too related to what I do during the day for work that I just felt even more exhausted. And this is just so different that I don't get burnt out. And then I always told myself I didn't like cooking. And that is actually not true. (laughs) I love cooking. I get overwhelmed when it's not pre-planned. And so Mm. if I have a plan and I have the groceries and I know it's on the list, like I'm ready for it. And I feel like it's made me like A, eat better. B, Mm -hmm. we spend less on groceries, which everyone's happy about. And then C, my husband thinks like like I'm this superwoman now because like there's food (laughs) on the table, not that didn't happen for the first four years of our marriage. So that's been good on all fronts. Well, and also like you've made it a priority to give yourself the freedom to go grocery shopping and to prep and to whatever. And so like, like that stuff's not going to magically happen. Like you still have to do it. But when previously it's been like, Oh, I'm waking up at eight and rolling into the office and not getting out of the office until Jared gets home. And now of course I don't have time to cut up celery. And so now you're giving yourself that yeah. white space to do yeah. those things. Okay. So my next one is, I feel like it's super, super obvious, but I'm going to repeat it to you guys, because even if it's obvious, I bet you're ignoring it, but I'm just going to express the value <laughs> of it. So maybe you can stop it. As you know, we take uh, December off all of December and we ease into January pretty much part-time to, you know, just go back in from the holidays, etc. We have done this. This is our our second year, right? Yeah. We took off last December for the first time. Okay. So, I mean, we're not too far into it, but we've learned so much from the first time we took a month off to this time that we're taking a month off. 
And last year, we said we're going to take the month off, but we basically started preparing for that month off in like November. It was awful. And <laughs> it was all, it was literally awful. It was the November was the worst month of my life last year. I'm, I'm not joking. We were doing 3 to 5 podcast recordings a day. We were opening up our schedule on days that we weren't normally doing podcasts to do those. We were prepping for a launch to happen in January. We were writing emails. We were, I mean, it was literally insane. And I told Abby, I said, I would rather work in December than work this hard in November, like ever. And so we decided in January of this year to start prepping for taking off December. So that meant like being very mindful of how many podcasts were being scheduled to record throughout the year so we could not have to push them all in November. Being very mindful about when launches were wrapping up and getting prepared. Being mindful about what is going to happen in January, February, because you typically have to plan that out a couple months in advance and we don't want to do it in December. And so we were like super, super strict with our team and ourselves about those scheduling conflicts. And I'm going to tell you right now, not only are we taking 100% of December off with like super ease, but these last two weeks of November are at about a, I would say 45% capacity. Yeah. And that feels so Like good. I feel so chill. Yes. Like yes. I'm like loving recording the couple episodes we have left, but I don't feel overwhelmed by it. I don't feel overwhelmed. Nope. We have a couple meetings next week with our students and our team, a couple more episodes, and that's it. Yeah. Like, it's just chill. That's it. And I think one thing that I've said it before, and I'm just going to keep saying it to you, and it's so related to this, is you have to put taking care of yourself as number one. Mm -hmm. And I, I realize... Many of you have other humans to take care of, a spouse or children (laughs) or puppies or whatever. But if you put yourself last on your list, you are always going to feel like dirt. And it's simple things like showering and (laughs) like doing your nails and like taking care of yourself, putting on makeup to like just feel good. And what can you do to make that whole bit be something that helps you in your process and also just fuels that creative energy. Yeah, for sure. So my next one, Abby kind of touched on this at the beginning, but I didn't think, I did not know this was a thing until 2018, like quite literally did not know this would even be something we would like hurdle over and have to kind of break through. You guys are used to hearing about the transition from hobby or side hustle to business, right? That mindset of treat it like a business, take it seriously if you want it to be a business, et cetera. We even help you do that. I never knew there was something after (laughs) that, that there would be, oh, some of you, a select few of you are also going to go through the transition of treating your business like a company. And I can't even fully put into words, I feel like this also deserves its own podcast, of what truly the difference is between a business and a company. But all I can say for now, because I'm not fully on the other side, but I'm just now accepting that we have a company and not just a business, that you do make decisions differently. You do make decisions as a CEO instead of like the boss, which is also different. 
And it really, I think it frees a lot of my emotional ties that I've had to the business and everything inside of it. Yes, it feels less personal in a good way. So I'll just kind of tease that, but I'm actually going to jot down right now to do that as a full episode. I totally agree. And I think along those lines is just realizing the things we have to go through. So I was actually listening to a new podcast today. Um, Let me see if I can figure out what it was called. And the guest was, it's called The Road Back to You. And it's all about Enneagram stuff, which is super cool. And Michael Hyatt was the guest. He is also an Enneagram 3. I'm an Enneagram 3. And he mentioned something that I was like, oh, like, it's just (laughs) like so true. So I don't know if you know much about Michael Hyatt's story, but he actually started his own publishing company and then five years later had to shut the doors because they went bankrupt. And he said, as an Enneagram 3, seeing extreme failure allowed him to grow more than he ever thought possible. And I, (laughs) I am not saying we have extremely failed by any means, but we have 100% been tested this year. And the testing has allowed me to appreciate our success so much more, has grown me as an individual, has grown me as a leader, has also taught me ways to avoid things in the future. And so I think really being mindful of the type of person you are is so helpful. I think Emily and I have dived into a lot of Mm personality-based trainings this year, Enneagram stuff. Myers-Briggs stuff. Um, We also talk about Jacob Adamo's color theory stuff. Like Mm -hmm. that self-awareness allows you to be a better leader. Well, and I'm writing it down too to do a full episode on Enneagram because what I think is funny is that we're the same Myers-Briggs, but we're different Enneagrams. And so like vastly different. And so talking about that, I think would be interesting. Okay. So I just have two more. So my next one that's on my checklist is that a couple trips I took this year that were immensely helpful for me. And so I kind of want to break that down a little bit. You guys know that Abby and I are partners and we're co-founders and we own this business together. And so things that we do regarding learning stuff specifically about this business or speaking about this business, we do together, right? We travel to conferences together, retreats together, events together, et cetera. Well, we're also individual humans that have different needs outside of each other and outside of this business. But I didn't see the the merriment of those things really that clearly until this year. Because previously, I've treated it like Abby and Emily go do these things together because they're about the business. And then if Emily needs refuel, she goes and paints by herself or she reads or she does this, right? Well, there are also things that Emily can do with other business people where Abby is not a part of that, or it's a different type of circle of people that also fills me up. And so this year I took two trips, uh, one to New York and one to Colorado with a group of business friends that I have who are also moms. And so that's a whole nother layer of everything. And we would just sit for two or three days and do hot seats and hang out and chit chat and like kind of have some breakthroughs and really just get away from it all. And Oh, my Lanta, the recharge and the camaraderie and the comfort of those trips 
were so great. So yeah. great. No, and I'll just reiterate that. I, I've always felt like, and I don't even know how to describe it because it's not like one of us is the other person's shadow by any means. It's not like one person right. is just tagging along. But I did also take some trips by myself. I went to uh, Utah with my spouse. I went to Chicago with a friend, went to do conferences. Both of those were related to my other business, but had a ton of like basic business and mindset stuff all rolled into it. And then I also went to a local leadership conference that was like telecast or whatever. And I always come back like ready for more and excited. And I kind of think my new rhythm is I need something like that where it's, it's, it could be a few days away, it could be a week, but once a quarter, I need something like that to fuel me back up and get me excited. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. One of the things I was going to mention was realizing that money didn't have to be a driver of me this year. And money's amazing. And we've talked about money being a motivator a million times over. And yes, money is a motivator to me. I have, I would like to think I have a good relationship with money. I like money. However, I do think there is a point where you get comfortable. And to get past comfortable, you have to come up with a reason that's better than money. And I didn't think that was a thing. But Steph came on the podcast a while back and kind of mentioned it. I wish I could remember the exact like phrase she used about the like hierarchy of like what humans need to thrive and stuff. Oh, uh, I can't I remember. remember the exact phrase. However, I will say for sure, I have started going after things that were bigger than that, more more focused on impact, more focused on mm-hmm. y'all. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that has been really good because I can grow, but because it's less tied to something so physical and so mm-hmm. like it's less grounding. Like it's more big, mm-hmm. it's bigger and dreamier and that's been good for me. Well, in the conversation we just had with Megan was also super help, super helpful for me of like, okay, money can still be your motivator, but what's the purpose of that yeah. money? Like it can change. Right. And so I really loved that breakdown. If you guys have listened to that one yet, or if it's even out yet, I'm not sure which is coming first, but okay. So my last one truly didn't uh, come to light for me until we just, we did our initial planning session, what last week or two weeks ago, where we did the exercises through traction. And there's a worksheet in there specifically about your vision for your business. And they ask you, and they truly help you identify, you know, what are your five core values? What's your one year plan, your three year plan, your five or 10 year plan. And what does life look like when you get there? And it was through all of that work that Abby and I kind of, you know, had to ask ourselves, okay, we want these big things to happen and we want all of this, but for why and for what? And once we kind of talked about that and made it part of our core values, like it brought me so much clarity and got me so excited about doing big, scary things because it was always falling back to that why. And I know we talk about this all the time, but I feel like sometimes you guys have your why get cloudy after a while. And I just encourage you to revisit it often 
at least once a year, but maybe even twice or a year or every quarter to kind of check in to see, you know, are you living in the values of your why? Because it it lit a new fire for me. Yeah. I'll just like top this all off with saying, I think overlying the biggest thing, and I mean, we're all striving for it, is how can we work less and have more impact? And Mm -hmm. us changing to a vastly evergreen model and us working on systems so that when we take time off, it's just fluid and everything flows. All of that is not because we don't want to work. Like that's not the point. But as you grow, you have to get more done in less time or it just isn't going to happen. Well, and like, we're not just about work. Like we work to be able to do so many other things. So my work needs to support me in a tremendous way. So I can do these things. So more time connecting with people in person, Mm -hmm. more time. Because even just a couple of years ago, we said no to in-person events because we didn't feel like we had time. And now we're setting up our business. So we're not, we're no longer losing money when we're away for a week. Yes. Preach it, says that. <laughs> I hope this kind of this gave you some insight, yeah. at least into where our heads are at, where our heads are at in regards to being year three of you know business. Um, we're excited to share with you. We're going to be breaking down in another episode our goals for next year and kind of what that's going to look like. If you want to kind of listen to how we've done this in the past, like I would definitely go back and listen to last December's like some of those episodes because we did the same thing for 2017. And then I think it would be very funny and interesting to hear our our goals for 2018 before they happened when it was still 2017. So if you want to kind of take a trip down memory lane, just head back to the podcast archives. You can go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and scroll. And while you're there, leave us a review and share a picture and tag us on Instagram. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.